Oh, yeah. Well, hello there, Internet. Hello. Hi, Internet. Hey, Internet, over here. It's us. It's been a minute. Shouting at you via the Internet, at the whole Internet, from a basement in upstate New York. Living in the Internet. It's us. Hey, Internet, are you listening? Hi. I'm, I'm Josh Rose. And I'm Andy Rose. And this is Rose Knows. The unedited semi-weekly podcast where we spend an hour talking about everything that we don't know. And uh, it's been a minute since we've talked about the things yeah, that we, we don't know. Yeah, we really leaned heavily on the semi-weekly. Yeah, lately. well, you know, in fairness, we were we did several episodes in a row. Yeah. Several, several. Yeah. and Or, or close to in a row. Yes. And, uh, you know, we both hit busy seasons, yep. as it were, in our, our professional day gigs. Agreed. Not that this isn't a huge revenue engine for us. Yeah, that's the thing. You guys don't pay us. In its own right. So, you know. Uh, no, we've always said we do this for the gratitude of, our, <laughs> when, of when no the, one. Yeah, when does that come? Uh, we do this for the selfish gratitude. Yeah, that's it. And the more the catharsis and the opportunity to hang out. Agreed. It's it's fun. It's fun to be doing this again. Yeah. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. I miss doing this. Not that we haven't seen each other in this time. Uh, there just hasn't been... It hasn't been the right time at the time <laughs> when we've been spending time. Yeah, agreed. Does agreed. that make sense? Does that make sense, I'll, Internet? I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. Okay, cool. So, before just diving in, do want to thank anybody who has been listening uh, you guys, you know, certainly appreciate you checking out the show when you do check it out. Feel free to give us suggestions or uh, or just shares, you know. If you like it, tell a friend. Share an episode. Share this episode. If you have the Anchor app, you can uh, call in and, and speak to us. Uh, we, we moderate it very lightly, so I should probably check at some point and see what's in there. I'm pretty sure we get notifications. Do we? Like when we get, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I'll rely on that then. Goes to show. <laughs> we goes to demonstrate. You we've know, been on vacation. The massive. We've been on a working vacation. Yeah. Yeah. As it were. Uh, but it's good to not be working for a day or two. Agreed. And just have a little bit of a summer siesta. I really wish, especially the past few days, that that the pool was working. I have, for yeah, those it, who it don't know. Been, it has been stupid hot. Yeah, for those who don't know, I do have an in-ground pool, and the whole system went bunk, and I have to replace almost everything, and the guy's coming on Monday. Well, not that that matters. Not that that matters to anyone listening when you're listening to it, but but it is not yet Monday at the time we're recording this, and uh, it is you know into July, and my pool is still not working. Yeah. So having a big pond in your backyard is way less appealing than having a big pool in your backyard uh so i i've certainly certainly looking forward to it getting fixed and hoping hoping to swim by you know a week from the time we're recording this hopefully by the time you're listening to this i am relaxing in my pool i hope that's i hope that for you yeah i hope you're relaxing in the pool i hope that for me as well yeah we can all get there together yeah if we just relax and breathe Breathe. And take a minute. Breathe. To appreciate. What's new? Hey, what is new? There's a lot that's new, man. Tell us what's... Uh, and um, something that I thought... New. Something that I thought was a little bit uh, up more for discussion, because you're always a, a, a chatty Kathy, as Me? it were. Yeah. Nah. So Politico uh, asked a bunch of historians to imagine um, a new... Or like a sequel to Mount Rushmore. Okay. And to consider who should be on it. Oh, boy. Because what's interesting is every year, like, millions of people actually go. You've been to to Mount Rushmore, right? I actually have not been to Mount Rushmore. Okay, but you know what Mount Rushmore is. I do know what it is. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what Mount Rushmore is, it is basically a a 60-foot-tall... Uh, cliff mountain, whatever you want to call it, in like South Dakota, and it's the four the heads of four uh, presidents: George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. And 
you know, it's a pretty famous American landmark, and it's it represents kind of some of the early founding fathers, um, you know, of of our country. And what's interesting is that all four of these white dudes like owned slaves, and none of them even were you know serving when women could vote. Like there's there's a lot of change that has happened since these guys have been around. So they've been talking about who could possibly be you know, the next four that might represent the, the additional change that followed. Um, and I'm curious if you have, you're, you're a well-known uh, scholar and historian. Yeah. Curious if you'd have any thoughts on some of the people that might have found their way onto this list of suggestions from famous historians. Uh, oh, man. Any anyone you can think of, there's going to be something bad you could also say about them. Yeah, there's no one that's like that nomination is proof, you know. So you know, my my opinion is the same as ever. It, it, all these guys served at times when things were you know viewed differently, not better, not how things should have been viewed, in spite of what year it was or whatever. But still, it wasn't there wasn't necessarily the same awareness on their part. I'm oh, not sure. saying, I'm not saying that that makes anything okay. I E owning slaves. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. You don't have any thoughts on who, on who should be on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Who would, who would you See, put on Mount Rushmore is not that significant to begin with. It's like it's sixty feet tall. It's not even that big. But the it pictures is... on the postcard make you think it's like massive and hundreds of feet tall and like crazy. It's, it's really not and it's, that big. So what it goes to show you is it's more in people's mind than it is in people's eye. What right? goes to show you is that it's actually like a disappointment and not a big deal. <laughs> well, it is, but it's very <laughs> symbolic and it's very it's, that is symbolic. It's, it's very representative of. Uh, of our sense of like American history and American culture. And I do think it's interesting <laughs> to consider who was a couple ways to take that. Well, who would be, you know, who would you put on there? the next four? Uh, we'll go one for one. How's that? Oh, do you have someone in mind? Um, I think an easy one would be Obama. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a gimme. Well, I took it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to give me. Uh, JFK. Okay, Obama and JFK. Do they have to be presidents? The other four were. Yeah, that's true. So if we're sticking Seems to like that, that's the qualifier. If we're sticking to that, ooh, I see you're already running out of good people. Obama, JFK. You want to say, I want to say my boy Clinton, but I'm sure that would be a vilified yeah, you lose women choice. as soon as you say that. Um, and I mean with good reason, but Maybe still. Reagan? Really? Yeah. I mean, he because of what he represents. What does he represent? He represents, he was the first celebrity president. That's was, horrible. I know, but that's, if you think of our, think of our culture now, it's celebrity obsessed i'm not saying it's good i'm just saying it's an accurate snapshot or personification of uh kind of where our culture is going well, you might as well put trump up there by that logic well i i, I mean is that do, do, do you want do you it, want to do that i don't want to but i feel <laughs> like if you're being honest with what our country has become then you would at least consider it because who else would you put up there Obama well, you, for sure. Try to pick Kennedy for us, sure. Yeah. Okay. Then it starts by, well, you're not putting Nixon up there. You're not putting. I mean, JFK is not indicative of where the country went. You're not he putting, got shot down. Yeah. You're not putting LBJ up there. You're not Hell putting, no. you know, uh, you're not, you, you're saying no to Reagan. You wouldn't put, you wouldn't put president Bush one on there. You wouldn't Reagan put, was the birth of a lot of policies that really fucked over a lot. of. Yeah. People. You wouldn't so, put Bush no, two or Reagan one on there. there. Clinton is a uh, you're you're running out of Clinton you know was, Jimmy Carter. You Clinton could argue did good things as a politician and bad things as a human. I could definitely get behind Jimmy Carter because he's a humanitarian to this day. The guy's still building houses for people. 
Yeah, okay. But that still leaves okay. you one more. So who who's who's the last one? Puts it between like one of the bushes, Reagan, Clinton, Trump. See? Who would you pick of I, those? Of those? Yeah. <laughs> You're on the executive committee of, of Rushmore two. And they say, look, we got Obama, we got Kennedy, we got Jimmy Carter. You got to tell us the fourth one that goes on there. Hmm. And, sir, we we really need this decision because they're about to start jackhammering the faces into the cliff, into the 60-foot cliff. What about a wild card like Truman? Oh, you're going to go back? Do a, a Harry Truman? I mean, that's... Why not? All right. All right. See what you did there? Yeah. Avoiding uh, any of the modern... Well, you gave me a lot of shitty choices there. <laughs> I'm not going to put my name on any of those. All right. Why, why Truman? I don't know. Okay. I don't really have a good reason. <laughs> I'm not even a Truman expert. Because <laughs> I was going to say, if you're going to go back that way, uh, you know, I'd consider, like, FDR... Sure, there you go. You know? Uh, there you go. FDR I could get behind. FDR is good. So Yeah, that's a better choice. All right, so is that our new, that's our proposed Rushmore the sequel? Obama, yep. JFK, FDR, and, and who is the other one? Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. yeah well, that's, okay, I think that's pretty good. That's a pretty good list. I think list. we did pretty good there. All right, cool. Well, that's what's new with uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> All right. What, what are other people's suggestions? Oh, I already closed out of that tab. It's oh, gone okay. now. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of people that weren't presidents, which confused me. So they were sort of breaking the general. No, not playing the game right. Yeah, they were breaking the general premise Respect of, of the how game. the whole thing is going. Respect the game. You know, you wish, you wish that people would, you know. But we got to move on to what else is new. And um, here's here's more of a rhetorical question for you because... Sounds worth asking. Yeah, M Mel Magazine sort of buried the lead here. Not even sure what that is. The headline of the article is, Am I going to die sooner because I eat frozen meat instead of fresh? Okay. Before I get into what they said, do you have any thoughts or opinions on this? Well, first of all, you need to define fresh. Fresh would be never frozen. Okay. I don't think it makes a big difference. If it's thawed correctly, cooked correctly. No, I don't think it makes a big difference. All right. Well, as it turns out, you are basically correct. There you go. There was, there's been a lot of controversy, um, but basically, just like fruits and veggies, frozen meat really isn't very different than when compared to fresh meat. So really, the the real difference is is flavor and taste, mm. you know. And clearly, you can you can tell usually when something's fresh and cooked versus frozen fresh. and cooked, right? I feel like you you can tell that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it tastes a little bit better when we just bought the beef that we put in the sauce or something like that. Like, yeah, it tastes a little bit better. And, but like, even presentationally, it often has a little bit different look. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. But ultimately, freezing fresh meat is, is fine, and it's actually a great way to preserve nutritional properties if you don't have time to eat it right away. Hey, see? So, I mean, some of the ways that they suggest are, are a little ridiculous. Like, they recommend vacuum sealing meats. Well, a lot of them come, you can buy them already vacuum sealed. You know. That's true. Like the individual cuts of chicken, for example, those are already in a pack. Like, that's, in a vacuum seal pack. That's true. Um... So we freeze those. Yeah, one thing they're pretty clear on though is once you thaw it, it's it's got to be used. Yep. So you can't thaw it and then refreeze it. That is correct. Um, so you got to be doing that carefully. They they say it's actually better to thaw overnight. Is 
better than real quickly, but a lot of people don't have time to do that. So mm. they recognize that that's not I- ideal. Because most people aren't thinking the night before about what they're going to have for dinner the following night. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do that? Do you find that you plan your meals far in advance? I find that uh, it's a common topic of conversation early in our day. Yeah, you're that's thinking like, about that's dinner like pretty a fun thing for us to talk about. Like, what do you want to do for dinner tonight? What is the usual answer? Well, we've got, you know, a regular rotation of stuff that we cook at home that we like. And we've got a rotation of stuff that we like for takeout. So, Do you have staple dishes yet as a couple? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bunch of them. Like what? She makes a uh, really good teriyaki. Mm. She makes um, a curry. Um, we do uh, we do a salad with chicken and hard boiled egg, like a cob salad. Um, what else do we do? Pasta, a couple different kinds of pasta. There's your good old fashioned, you know, spaghetti with meat sauce. And then there's also she's been doing this thing where it's like like a butter and parmesan melted in over bow tie pasta sauce with some like breaded chicken cutlet cut up in that it's really tasty um we do burritos sometimes we like doing our burritos steak or chicken beef ground beef beef yeah there you go um yeah we got a bunch of stuff we do Beef burrito's a good way to go, man. Yeah. It makes sense. I, yeah. uh, I'm, uh, partial to a chicken burrito myself. If I, like, order a burrito from, like, Chipotle, for example. Yeah. Or from Taco Bell. You know, the fine Mexican restaurants. <laughs> the very classiest. Upper crust. Uh, I, I tend to go chicken. Yeah. But okay. at home, I don't know. I like the beef. I like the beef. All right. All right. That's cool. Now the sauce mixes in with it really nice. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I just I just got excited for dinner tonight. <laughs> Why? What are you making? Uh, I'm not sure, but... You uh, hungry now? I'm, I'm getting hungry Is now. Is everybody hungry yeah. out there? I, uh, I'm getting hungry. We had uh, some delicious gumbo. Ooh. You know, shrimp and sausage gumbo last night, like which gumbo. was yeah delightful. What did you have for dinner, Internet? What are you going to have for dinner tonight? Should you eat that? Mm, that sounds great. <laughs> what are you going to have for dessert? Um, a waffle cone. Nice. Dessert is important. Yeah, what are you having for dessert? I don't know yet. I might make a trip to Wegmans. Ooh. Uh, we did uh, pizza the other night, and there's a pizza place near us that's awesome. Which one? Joe's Brooklyn Pizza. Joe's Brooklyn Pizza, huh? And I was in there picking it up because it's like right across the street there. And I noted that they do chocolate chip cookies that look really tasty. Thin, light colored, like soft, chewy kind of chocolate chip cookies. Nice. One cookie is literally the size of a paper plate. What? And that's how it comes, like on a paper plate in a Ziploc bag. That's a massive cookie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Kind of want to get how one do, of those and put some ice cream on it. How big do you think they make it to start with? Like, how big do you think they spread that dough out? You might be doing the whole sheet and cutting circles out. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. It looks delicious. That's probably what they're doing, just using a big circle ring and just stamping. Yeah. It looks awesome. That would make more sense. It looks really good. Just but saying. Is the, edge, is the edge? Some of them look cut. Some of them look baked right to that size. Okay. So. Interesting. Man, I love a good cookie. Oh, yeah. I really do. Hard to fuck with a good chocolate chip cookie. So you start putting nuts in it. Oh, okay. I Not a fan of the nuts. No. Let's no, I don't like nuts or fruit forced into my desserts. Ooh, I'm sorry. You would Then you would not have liked... Well, see, this is why I did, too. I made desserts for the, the 4th of July thing we just went to. Mm-hmm. And I made two desserts, but they were both three ingredients no bake okay so like super simple anybody can make them desserts you know but one had strawberries in it like actual fresh cut strawberries and the other had just oreos in it 
So I feel like you would have went for the Oreo one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So you're not a fan of, of people putting fruit into things. I mean, you know, depending on the depending on the social situation, I'll either eat it and make do or I'll eat around. Yeah, I feel like you probably wouldn't have eaten this one. It was basically whipped cream, strawberries, and graham crackers. Yeah, and no, I probably would have skipped that. Yeah. Like, my wife makes the, Hannah makes the roll thing yeah. with the filling and the fruit, and that's delicious, but I typically, you know, skip most of the fruit and just eat the cake and the filling. Do you really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. She's cool with that. She still puts the fruit in there. She gets it. Yeah. It's like, look, you pick around it. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm making pu- it I'm my way. It in there, yeah. Yeah. I dig that. I respect that about her. <laughs> well, uh. So, yeah. Back to that's the I don't know <laughs> back to what's new I guess I don't yeah, know how we I, got I, don't, I don't know how we got here lost on a tangent about uh, what we're making and what uh, we're what we what we ate recently what we like to eat I mean I like to eat a lot of things I could do a whole show about what I like to eat what the fuck did we just uh, I don't know oh awesome uh, I mean I do make some great ribs and I just made some ribs <laughs> and are you a rib guy. Yeah, sure, of course. Who yeah. doesn't like ribs? Some people aren't rib people, but I do a nice dry rub. I make my own dry rub, and then I cook it over charcoal, but I cook it on indirect heat, so the charcoal's to the side, and then the heat is pulling through, and it's set like adjacent diagonally on top of you know the grate. <laughs> nice. It's nice. Slow yeah, cooked. I don't. Mm. I don't get to you know. All I'm saying is, if you're vegan. Just try some meat. It's really good. It's really just, good. Just try. If what would you recommend if someone says, "Look, Josh, I'm vegan and I'm ready to make a switch, but I need to start with just the most delicious meaty thing that I can." You can't go wrong with a cheeseburger. From a where? Cheeseburger. Okay, from where? Like homemade or from a place? Charlie's or Bill Gray's is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. You know, ground round. Tom Walls, like any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty... The sourdough roll. You're pretty forgiving with a lot of those. Like, you're pretty indiscriminate, right? Like, if you were closer to a Charlie's than you were a Tom Walls than you were a Bill Gray's, like, you wouldn't... They're all good. They're all basically the same thing. If they were all... all Awesome. If you were triangulated... a Whopper. Just a a plain Uh, Whopper is awesome. Yeah. Serious. Whopper's good. No, you were going so the right direction until you included Burger King. I'm not saying they're on the same level. They're definitely not. I'm just saying if that's right there, there's nothing wrong with it. Do you know Burger King is starting to do the Impossible Burger nationwide? Yeah. Yeah, I know. They haven't done it here in Rochester yet, though. That That's... I Hey, I mean, whatever makes everybody happy. Just don't take, you know... I, I like meat. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, you... Would you fancy yourself like a fast food aficionado? I've eaten a lot of it. I've been forced to. <laughs> Like, what are your feelings on Taco Bell? Yeah, Taco Bell's good. Yeah, you dig Taco Bell? Yeah. All right. They're actually pretty healthy compared to a lot of fast food. So um, I went to a Taco Bell recently, and they told me they were having a nationwide shortage of tortillas. Oh. That's weird. Like the, the I just saw a bunch on the shelf at Wegmans the, the other day. Yeah, so. the big ones they make, like with the crunch wraps with. Mm. And they were like, due to a nationwide shortage, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, that's like kind of exactly what I came for was a crunch wrap. <laughs> and so I sort of like guilted the guy into having me make, having me made one. But I was just surprised. Wait, so they had some? They were just like being really stingy with yeah. who gets a crunch wrap? Yeah, because I, it, I was there swinging through. I was running some errands and I wanted to uh, get some stuff done in the garage. So I figured I would grab a breakfast crunch wrap from Taco Bell on the way back home so I could just kind of hop into the garage and get moving. Uh-huh. And when I told him I wanted the breakfast crunch wrap, he's like, oh, yeah, well, we were, we were saving them just for the non-breakfast crunch wraps. I was like, but I'm here for a breakfast crunch wrap, and it's, <laughs> it's like 9, 9.15 in the morning. Like, I'm not really feeling like a... Baja chicken. Yeah, I'm not you really know. ready to go like, yeah, beef like, and bean. <laughs> yeah, like that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking like egg just and some bacon. Sausage and egg. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, we were trying to save them for the 
the non-breakfast menu. And I was like, okay, so I get you were trying to, but like as a guy who that's is, what I want to pay for, is like, that a no? Can I, can I get it or not? And he's like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> this is weirder for you than it is yeah, for me. Like, like, I got what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's awesome. It was very strange. Like, there was like some a long pause on his end. <laughs> and I wasn't sure if he just muted me and was like checking or if he was just running out of steam on what to say or what. But that's got to be frustrating. Like, I can't imagine that's true. A nationwide mm. shortage. I've heard other things like that recently. Like, really? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, apparently there was one. Um, Cause you know, when we did the gender reveal, we had the, we got helium for the balloons for Hannah to do she did a little one at her office. Right. So there was we got a little helium tank for her to put some balloons in a box. And um apparently shortly after that there was like a nationwide shortage of helium. What? That's exactly what I said. They couldn't just squeeze a couple elves. But um bum. But but yeah, like someone posted on Facebook like there's a nationwide shortage of helium. Does anyone have any? And I remember thinking, like, did that did a prank like just work on you or something? But it turns out there was. Wait. For some reason, like there was, you know, there's only so many places that make stuff like this now, and all the other places outsourced to them. So, when there's a problem at one of them, it can affect whole areas of the country and their supply of stuff. So, what's interesting about this is, not only is that true, and I had no idea. There is no chemical way of manufacturing helium either. Really? Yeah. Well, how about that? And the supplies we have originated in the very slow radioactive decay that occurs in rocks. And it costs like 10,000 times more to extract the helium from air than it does from rocks and natural gas reserves. Huh. Yeah. Well, how about that? Yeah. So, while it is abundant in the universe uh most of what's in the earth's atmosphere actually bleeds off into space so it's quite the feat that they can get into that can yeah for us to make balloons and funny mouth noises with yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man man that's interesting never thought of it as such a waste of a finite and precious resource before but boy i've i've wasted a lot of resources yeah i mean let me tell you. <laughs> and uh, you know, I feel I feel okay about it. It's I mean, I'm not super proud, but I'm not really upset about it either. Hmm. I uh I think it's interesting we were talking about the the 4th of July just passed. Yeah. Um and it sounds like we didn't neither of us really did anything on the 4th of July. No. Um but on the 3rd of July we we're at the same thing, but not together. Yeah. Which is interesting. <laughs> uh, not that we were at the same party. We were at the same physical location, like a, maybe a mile or so from each other. Uh, we were both. At, is it that close? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we were both at Canisius Lake. Yes. Uh, for their ring of fire. Yes. Uh, which is a very cool thing to check out. And uh, you were at a party with a much better band. Uh, we were at a party with a, a band that people were starting to really get pissed off at. Really? Yeah. Tell me that story. That I sounds was, more interesting. It was like a bunch of long-haired kids, uh, not quite Greta Van Fleet, uh, more... Oh, there was a band playing originals. M- yeah, m- oh. more of a struggle. Some were originals, some were covers. Mm. Uh, you know, eh, hard to say 20s, you know, uh, aspiring, you know, I give them credit at best. They were aspiring. Okay. And, uh, it was just not the right scene, you know, not the right song selection Hmm. for that crowd. And they were still sort of playing when the fireworks were starting and you could hear the old people being like, no, like I've heard heard it all day. That's enough now. Put on America the beautiful. Oh, man. I want to hear that and watch my fireworks. Um, But it seems like you were at a much better, a much better jaunt. Yeah, well, I was there working. So, 
Yeah, but once know, it's set was, up, are you running around the whole time, or once it's set up, do you get to kick back and have a beer? Um, I didn't drink because I was working. I definitely ate some free pizza. Sure. And, you know, some of the desserts. Um, it was crazy hot and humid out, <clears throat> as you may recall, so I spent most of the day just drinking a lot of water. And when I did have a spare hour, I um, I went to my car across the street because at least that had some air conditioning and you know I could relax and uh, use my vaporizer with impunity so <clears throat> that was what I did when I had spare time it was uh, it was you know cool party um, thrown by and for uh, the well-to-do and the affluent and um, yeah, they hired our company to set up the stage and rent all the gear and all that stuff, so that's why we were there. But the band, you said, was pretty dope. The The band was cool. It was um, the Lords of 52nd Street. It was the backing band from uh, Billy Joel's records. Billy Joel! Yeah. And uh, the guy for, who played Billy Joel on Broadway, I believe, was the guy doing piano and vocals in the band. So... It, you know, at first they start playing a song and you think, wow, this is probably the most accurate and impressive cover band I've ever heard. And then they announced on the mic, like, we're not just a tribute band, by the way. We're actually the guys from these records and tours. So so we're not just playing it like ourselves. We're playing it yeah, like ourselves. Like we recorded this. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that was that was cool. They were very obviously they were a really good band. Um was the guy trying to do like a straight up impression or was he doing his own version the singer no he was trying to do billy joel yeah yeah but he did it very well he even looked like him i mean again it's the guy that played billy joel on broadway so he's you know he's pretty good right um really good piano player too he really he nailed that stuff um jelly bowl man yeah but at the same time it's you know i've seen a lot of concerts it's work it's still, you know, it's an awesome party, but when it's something like that and you're being paid to work there, you're the help. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's why I went to my car. Hear that. I hear that. Yeah. I uh, I was talking with somebody recently about, um, actually about, it started because we were talking about, you know how Mad Magazine is basically dying? or Yeah, it's too bad. I, I really enjoyed Mad Magazine as a kid. Like, I, I guess I'm not entirely clear on what happened with them. I think they're no longer going to publish new content, but they're going to maintain a presence, like, as archivists of their own existing content and catalog. Like, they're not just going to close shop and, and say, we're, you know, we're taking everything down. They're just going to sort of curate what they've done. That's too bad. Yeah, and I feel like that's the kind of stuff that's just that's just good for a teenage boy to have Mad Magazine. Yeah, and I think they're they're being pretty they're being pretty on the nose about it. Like I think they they're sort of acknowledged that their work and their style was sort of tired. And that they really didn't choose to change, nor did they want to. They just, things were sort of changing around them, and they, they made the choice to not really change their style. And they knew it was not necessarily going to work out for them in the long term. They just didn't want to have to try a whole new way of doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, they were very purist, you know. They were a, a literally a cartoonist magazine. Yeah. Um, making fun of pop culture, you know, but it was painstaking for them they they we're the reason i was bringing this up is because the conversation i was having was with a guy who's a really great illustrator and you know he was telling me that he had had friends and, and relatives who had worked as illustrators for magazines and one of them had worked for mad magazine at mm -hmm. one point and he said that the production schedules were were really crazy because they had to put together magazines so quickly and they had to be funny and topical and relevant so they would draw in so many layers before putting a final comp together because something might get changed out on the fly. It might be this celebrity or politician that's the center 
point of making fun of you know this whole little scene right and suddenly yeah. they change what celebrity or who it is or no now it's him and a woman that he's you know was caught you know cheating on his wife with and and you know we want to add her into this this picture oh, that know, makes sense goof. that's interesting so they would draw in all these layers you know and they would basically have things they could slide in and out yeah to to kind of mock the scene up before they would say is that's final approved okay now i'll do a final pass of it hmm. um and, and they would try to keep like extra things on hand knowing that they might need them like they said like um you know different objects became really important to a lot of the illustrators like they would all share like certain things like like vehicles and um you know just prop scenery plants like all sorts of stuff you know because they they wanted to quickly be able to just try to comp a scene up and it was easier for them to just grab a piece that already exists while they were trying to lay out new designs and drawings they'd done that's really interesting yeah right like i, I thought cool. that was i thought that was really fascinating um, and I think that's such an interesting way of having to work and trying to work. Yeah. And my yeah. only personal touch with the Mad Magazine uh, illustrator story is uh, when I was on tour with Carl Palmer and um, someone who did the cover arts. You know, like the you know the different style of drawing that's on the cover, the Alfred E. Newman drawings, yeah. are all like crazy detailed, almost like Norman Rockwell. Yeah. Mockery. Uh, hyper detailed. Yeah. Um, he did those for a long time. And he was a fan of Carl, so he did a drawing like that of Carl. No way. Like as if it was a magazine cover. Like That's awesome. It was really, really good. It was awesome. That and sounds it really amazing. looked like Carl, too. Like, he fucking nailed it. It was, it was really cool to see. So that's, that's my only story. So, But I think what you said there, I think that was fucking cool. That was interesting. Speaking of stories, yeah. Um, all this mad magazine and drawing and illustrating made me think of... Something I came across recently because our mom is is putting our childhood house up for sale. Yes. And I came across and helping, you know, move a lot of stuff out of there. I came across some boxes th that had my name on it. And one of the boxes had like a bunch of old like magazines and and action figures and nice. stuff. Nice. And um, I didn't keep it i didn't keep any of it but it was just interesting to open up and kind of look at it and it it was drawings that i'd done as a kid of like wrestlers that i was into and stuff nice. and they were like cartoon style and and it was like wow like i don't ever remember being able to draw you know like at all i used to love to draw um, and i remember thinking man like josh drew all the time and was mm -hmm. like really into drawing loved it and it just made me start going all the way down the memory hole of like even when we were really little kids like you had a comic book that you drew yeah, i drew a bunch of my own comic and books. uh and you drew one and, and you would let me color the pages in sometimes yeah and i just was like man i can't even remember how old we had to have been when that was happening like I started doing that when I was like seven. Yeah, right. Like like five and seven probably, um, and it's just wild to think, man. Like, you know, when they say if you really want to remember something, write it down, and it was interesting for me to think like all those things I can think of are, are going back to actually like drawing something with you know a hand, which I, I rarely do in mm -hmm. today's day and age. I there's probably weeks of time that I don't have to write anything down by hand. Yeah, I take a lot of notes you know in my work like by hand it's, it's good, helpful for me to be able to jot stuff down there's a lot of lists of different things to keep track of and blah 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 but um more to the point you were saying like i can't tell you how many different periods of my life i look back on and think i kind of wish i'd kept a journal oh yeah you know because there's so much stuff that i've just forgotten now that i bet would be cool to be able to remember do you ever do you ever think back of something for the first time in a long time or first time ever and just go, oh, man, I got to remember this? Uh, yeah, sure. Hard to think of any off the top of my I head know, to give us a for instance. Forget. But yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's uh, memory's a, a funny thing, man. You know, when when you think about things you could have swore happen a certain way and then somebody remembers them differently oh yeah it gets you know you know gets affected over time i always like to think i'm accurate but you know it's it's also so subjective how can you fucking how can you know yeah it really is you can't know you can't and that's you know makes 
nothing is certain. You can't know, so just enjoy. Yeah, you know when you when you realize nothing is for certain, then you don't have to worry so much. Yeah, you can just kick back, relax, and you can think about bigger picture stuff, like <laughs> how to erase a hundred years of of carbon emissions. How do we do that? By planting a lot of trees. How many trees would it take? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. Billions? Millions? Do we have enough space to plant that many trees? I feel like we would have to have that much space to plant. Well, we'd certainly need it, but the question is, do we have it? I don't know. I do, I do know that uh, there's people that are much greater than you or I who are out there trying to fight this fight. I sure hope so. I'm not going to figure it out. Yeah. I uh well apparently let's see according to National Geographic an area the size of the United States could be restored uh or if a, an area that size could be restored then it could erase nearly 100 years worth of carbon emissions. Well what do they mean by restored? Like, like if made a forest again? if yeah if a forest could thrive at that size the size of the U.S. I mean, that's, that's a huge that's forest. That's not going to happen. Exactly. So, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, too many fucking people, man. We need less people. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about that before on the show, the need for less people. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually, Vox, in this spirit of nihilism here, did a math equation or, or met a, a mathematician that had an equation that predicts the end of humanity. Oh boy. How long do we have? Uh, I'm curious. How long if, do we have Vox? I'm curious if you can guess. What's my end date Vox? I'm, I'm curious if you can guess. Is it tomorrow? It is not tomorrow. Well, that's a good start. It's not today. Is it? It's not nothing. Today. All right, nothing from him. It's All right. not today. Um, what do they give us? Like fifty years? No, more than that. More than that? Five hundred? More than that? More than that? All right, ten thousand. Less than that. Less than that. Five thousand. Less than two thousand. Less. One thousand. A little bit less. Eight hundred. Just, just under. Just tell me. 760 years. Okay. Is how much longer until we all die off. And, and what does us in? Um, I, I don't think the guy is willing to specifically say what it is so that, much as... That's cute. Yeah, well, he has a, a doomsday equation. So, you know Copernicus? Yeah, sure. So, Copernicus had a method... Uh. He was like the Renaissance astronomer, and, and and he basically also was the guy who asserted that the Earth is not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so anyhow, uh, he basically had a principle um, which, when applied to an observer's location in space, uh, it, it basically goes into some crazy logic saying that things demise within one and a third and three times its duration. So the Berlin Wall, for example, uh, if the duration of the the crisis over the Berlin Wall lasted one year, let's just say it was one year, then the Berlin's Wall demise would take within one third and three times the duration of time that it existed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I understand what you just said, but I hardly understand what I said, but that's what I was able to astromize from the Copernicus method. Well, it's like this. You have to know what the point of transition is to be able to line those numbers up, to be able to know ahead of time like the tipping point where the demise begins duration ends and demise begins. Right. Cause you're saying that, you know, however long a thing lasts, 
it will take a certain percentage of that for it to end. Right. Right. So that's so, the general premise of the right, Copernicus but that, method. But if you so let's say that something is going to last a hundred days, just for instance. Then after that hundred days, it will take whatever the percentage is that it turned one, out to be. I don't one know. One third uh, to three years. One third. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it'll take another 30 days for it to end, right? Or three times, not three years. I don't know why I said years. Okay. So whatever. So just for instance. All right. So it'll take another 30 days. And then but what if you start counting? What if you're in day two when you're doing that equation? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like you can't use, you, how can you know that you've got 98 days left? Oh, I have no idea. So it just doesn't like if you're talking about our own existence, then yeah. How do you know what the, the trigger like point is? Yeah, he hasn't explained as a really important part. Oh, I that. don't dispute that. I just, I just think it's interesting that he's he's basically saying, Homo Homo sapiens have been around for two hundred thousand years, and he he thinks that uh, the easiest way, you know to use to calculate this is to use human lives instead of years as the marker of time. Okay. So he's saying half the people who will ever live are in the first half of this list where they have first humans and last humans. Right. You can't know that if you don't know the end date ahead of time. Look, I'm not a math magician, and basically, this guy has done a lot of math that says it's 760 years. I'm gonna bet that he's wrong. Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah, it's bullshit. None of us will be around to prove it, and I'm certainly not gonna make myself sound any dumber by trying to loosely uh, reinterpret his his crazy math theories. But I think it's interesting that people even perceive things this way. Cause I think that speaks to uh, just our perception in general of kind of our environment and our society. I mean, math is in essence, logic expressed in writing form forms that can be manipulated. So like you can explain almost anything in math, right? You know, that's what computer science is really. Um, like I was telling you, I want to do a wing crawl for my birthday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I want to do that like very seriously, like, and I want to like score it, and like, make my own litmus of what I think the best wings in Rochester really are. That sounds fun. Yeah. That sounds like a, a fun nerd like activity. Yeah. I'm down. Um, but what I'm talking about is even more so than that. Like, when I was going to school for computer science, I had to take a course called discrete mathematics. And on day one of that class on the blackboard as a group, the whole class we wrote, if it rains on Friday, I will wear my raincoat in math. Right. Like wrote that sentence in math. There were no words on the board anymore, but that's what it said. So it's like as logic and function statements and variables, like if then if X, yeah, then, then Y else, you know, and like limits and calculus and all of that to set ranges of things. And anyway, it was tedious and that's why I didn't stay in computer science. But um, the whole universe can be expressed in math. I'm just saying that you still doing a bunch of math doesn't make you suddenly know the future. No, it doesn't, you know, but it can help you better ascertain the present, which is why I'm more focused on math around what sort of rubric I will grade these chicken wings on. <laughs> that is really where all my my Spoken focus is Spoken like a man of science. Yeah, because I, like it. I don't care when this, this nerd thinks the world is going to end, but it's way after I'm going to eat chicken wings. <laughs> and what's really the best? Do you think it's a three-criteria a three criteria rubric or five on wings? I guess it depends on how crazy you want to go with your grading. I see. I, how many different options do you want to account for? I personally 
and you know a lot of people are going to hate me for this but my favorite wings to eat are boneless wings i like boneless wings okay yeah i like them can you deal with regular wings can i deal with yeah boneless are usually very different like oftentimes they don't even like do their own boneless they just ship in boneless yeah because I was gonna grade based on. I can just I can eat them with a fork. I don't have to get my hands and face yeah, all messy. Yeah, I hear you, know, you there. Like I have that. a system for eating wings. I can eat wings with one clean hand and one dirty hand, basically. Fair enough. Just it's it's a one hand system. You just don't touch the wings with the second hand. <laughs> Very simple. <laughs> you keep putting it down and picking it back yeah, up at a different angle. Hands. Yeah, sure, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but I was gonna grade on at least obviously, uh, spice. Okay. You know, like, like, not see, I like flavor more than spice. I don't like a really hot, I don't want to have to work for it. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I don't generally like hot wings. So this is part of my problem. I want to do this wing crawl, but I'm not even sure where to start because I like different flavors of wings. So I don't know if I should grade a restaurant or grade a wing from a restaurant. You know what I mean? Cause there's different ways to I grade the these places. The easiest way to go is compare the same flavor. No, I would say the totally subjective method. Out of all the wings I tried tonight, these were the best. Oh, I was gonna like what makes I was this better like than something else. Them. I liked it better. See, I was gonna score I liked them the and... garlic parmesan at this place better than the honey barbecue at that place. See, that becomes such a Socratic method where everybody has to debate. I feel like people would rather just do little scorecards. Well, it, see, then if everyone does the scorecard like that. Then you can compound all the scorecards at the end of the night, right? And see which wings everyone thought were the best out of everything that was tried, right? That that's my goal. Well, you can still do it. That you don't need any debate. It's just simple. You gave the most points to this wing. All but, of you gave the most points to these. But so when how, you tally them all up, these wings win. So you think just each place should just have one score? You give it, not like different. No, each wing. So each wing. Each kind of wing you try, period. Doesn't matter if you're at the same place or a different place. Okay, so, so let's say go we're going to go to three places. And at each, each place you try four different kinds of wings. That's a lot of different wings. Then you are giving 12 scores. Okay. So that's saying you've eaten a dozen by going the... You've tried a dozen different kinds. Yeah. Hopefully you've eaten more than 12. Yeah, Hopefully. Maybe it's four places, three kinds. Why not? This is going to be more work than I thought. It's not that bad. It's going to be a little bit more work than I thought. It's not that bad. But it's still a thing I want to do. We could build a sheet on Google Sheets where and give everyone the login. Ooh, that's Who a goes? good idea. And then you could have the different kinds on there already. And set up a sheet with a formula where people enter the scores they give out of certain criteria, whatever the cumulative score is, enter it out of whatever, and then it automatically tallies them up. And then at the end, you just look at the end of the sheets. That is a really good idea. I am not good with Excel. It's really easy. All right, you show me how to set that up because now I'm very interested in doing this. This whole prospect became way more interesting. Um, Yeah, see? Because I like, I like having the little bit of individual scoring to it, so it could be a surprise, you know, how it turns out. Yeah. Okay, so flavor and it's is... it's still a group activity yeah. where everyone determines, but there's no arguing involved. Right. It's highly subjective, but you can grade it. Okay, so flavor yeah. for sure. I agree with you there. Maybe heat is out, because I think that's a bad thing to grade on. I also think you can't taste anything I mean, you when could, it's heat. You could go easy and basically just, like, everyone score the wing 1 to 10. On whatever hmm. your own criteria is. Okay. Just 10 being it's the best chicken wing I've ever tasted. One being, how dare you serve this to me? Okay, so you're saying each wing should just get a, a single grade. From each person. Right. And so that does way, that mean everyone end, needs to eat the same up. flavor wings? Yes. Okay, so that's part of it then. Yes. So there should probably be same a control, right? There should probably be, like... A buffalo wing everywhere, like a garlic parm wing, probably everywhere, and then like some sort of sauced wing, whether it's like, like a, a honey barbecue, yeah, like or a country sweet or some sort of sweeter, tangier thing. 
So you're going to try the same three kinds at each place? Yeah. Because then at least you can have a baseline to compare, right? Mm, okay. Don't you think? Or you could do... I would want to know what each place is considered the best flavors. Yeah, you could also do a control one or two and have the third one be a surprise based on the location. Because I think a control group or two is important. Because then you can compare, you know, one for one. Okay. Okay. You're hearing it live, folks. This is really this is really how this goes down. This is what he wants to do for his birthday. <laughs> We're not kidding or exaggerating. It sounds and it, we're gonna fucking do it. Yeah, it's it sounds like uh, more and more fun the more I talk about it out loud. I think this is a good idea. Yeah. So we gotta workshop that. I think there's some sort of control action, but I do think they should be compared somehow. Then it's really about the places. And there's a lot of conflict on on who supposedly has the best wings in Rochester. Like, I think you'll get a lot of different answers. Yeah. Now the question becomes, are you going to go only out of places that let you dine in? Why? There, you think there's places that have great wings that are dine out only? Like, to go like only? Like different pizza places and stuff like that. Like, hmm. you wouldn't necessarily go and sit. You could sit in a Guida's, though. Yeah, but not like a lot of you. Depends on how many people are going. That's true. And I guess there's different styles, right? Because some restaurants have, like, gourmet wings. Like, if you go to, like, I'm trying to think, like, Napa, you know, sure. wood-fired pizza, they have, like, gourmet wings. Yeah. You know, like, should those be taken into account, or should it be only, you know, like, bar-style wings? I say, if you're going to do a wing crawl, then go try a bunch of different kinds of stuff. Just go, don't worry about controls, just go to different places and... Try whatever the thing is that they're good at, full tilt, and, you know, just do that. So basically just get the, the house preference wings everywhere? Like if one place does a really good barbecue right. wing and another place does really good garlic parm, and then another place... That's true. You know, it's all about the sweet and sour. Right. I still feel strongly about a control group. Maybe it's just a buffalo wing everywhere. There you go. That's fine. A buffalo wing and then whatever their recommendation is. You going breaded? Whatever they recommended. Okay. I would think the okay. control group should not be breaded. Okay. I think that's too much of a variant for everywhere else, too. Okay. Different places do breaded differently, but if you just get a straight-up buffalo wing unbreaded, you just know. Is it good or not? I love wings, man. <laughs> I know you do. Man, we <laughs> we spent a good minute talking about wings. I think we spent a good 20. Yeah, and I just realized uh, how how little time there is left uh, for your rant. That's okay. You know, I knew you were really excited about this week's, and I feel bad to have stolen, <laughs> stolen your thunder <laughs> on uh, it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh. What would it have been? If you knowing that you have the safety of not having time, I just to do it. I just think that nationalism in general is stupid, right. aka patriotism. Right. Like so, the Fourth of July just happened, and you see these people give speeches, like whenever they're in front of an audience about how great America is and how much they love them. It's the greatest, you know. And that's just a thing that you say to get people to clap for you. Yeah. When you're in front of a group. Like, I hear someone say it, and I immediately, my bullshit detector starts going off. You know? Like, I don't think that... I don't know. Do you really sit around actively loving America in your free time? Do you me, just think about the flag personally? and hug it and love it? Anybody. I just I don't think anyone... You know? I, I don't know. I just think it's bullshit. I think patriotism is bullshit. And, um... I mean, is, been, that, is that what Rose knows? Has, Nationalism has been the excuse for a lot of really <laughs> terrible things in history yeah, all over the world. All over the world. And it's often a precursor to terrible, terrible periods in any country's history. So Jesus. just watch out for blind, rampant nationalism. That's uh, that's quite a, a tease for an episode that is not about to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Probably good we ran out of time talking about wings. This episode right? did this happen, yeah. This is a lot more chipper this way. <laughs> 
Because I didn't come along and ruin your weekend. So this Happy week, fucking holiday, everybody. Rose knows. Wings. <laughs> wings. Rose has got wings. Rose. Hit the button. All right.